joining me today to tell you that video shyness is not a life sentence is a LinkedIn specialist who went to the world via video. It's cheaper than buying air tickets these days, isn't it? This is The Confident Video Presenter, where I talk to wonderfully imperfect humans about how they overcame their fear of video. My name's Julian Mather, I'm your host and fellow student, and I too was once terrified of being on video. And I want you to know that you're not alone and that struggling to show up on video is completely normal and that there is a simple path that you can follow to be the confident video presenter you've always wanted to be. And if you can't wait to start, you can start right now. Hang on. If you can't wait, you can start right now at the Confident Video Presenter Academy. This self-guided online course will show you step-by-step -step how to turn camera shyness into feeling fearless on video, so that you can win more trust, authority, clients and jobs without, without the worry of looking like an amateur, struggling with the tech or forgetting, forgetting what to say. So if you want to realise your full potential and become a confident video presenter in just seven days, then you can go to confidentvideopresenter.com. This is live. This is unfiltered. If you've got questions or comments, put them in the chat, or you can come and join us here live. Like I think Kerry is just going to uh, say hello to Kerry here. She's coming in live now. Uh, so Kerry, just hang on there if you're listening, and I'll uh, bring you in soon. Uh, so yeah, you can go to telljulian.com. Just type that into the uh, uh, URL, and you will get to us. And with that, I want you to meet today's guest. Hello, Sue Elson. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm very, very good. Happy to be here. Let's kick into it. What do you do? Where do you work? Who do you serve? What do I do? Well, my label is Independent LinkedIn Specialist. I'm based in Melbourne, in Canterbury. And who do I serve? Mostly people who are well-educated and who know that LinkedIn is a tool that they can use to their advantage. So, yeah. All right. Now, see, that's that's the boring question. What do you do? <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> the interesting question is, who are you? Ah, that's what we want to know. Who so, am I? On the introvert-extrovert scale, where do you sit? About the middle, believe it or not. Uh, I spend a lot of time on my own, but if I don't see people on a regular basis, I'm still a social being and I like people, so I do need to see people reasonably regularly and I, I love sharing information so yeah that obviously makes me more on the extrovert end okay okay now what about on the analytical creative scale where do you sit on that oh that's a really hard one because i've been nothing things out with computers for a very long time so i'm probably slightly more analytical than creative but to not have a job since 1994 i've had to be very creative so yeah, hard to say, but look, uh, put me in front of uh, a blank piece of paper and ask me to draw. Uh, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Something I plan to learn. I tried to learn to sing. I had one of my students tell me, Sue, you'd be great on stage. And he asked if I could play a musical instrument. No, can you sing? No. <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be a bit difficult to be on stage then. Uh, but look, who knows what's in the future? I'm, I'm always learning something. Since I finished my degree, I've been going to between one and four events every week since the year 2000. So I'm always learning. Tonight I'm off to a search engine optimization workshop and about 
30% of the conversation, I don't even understand what they're saying, but I'm going. So before we get into your video journey, how mm. confident are you off video? In what context? In what context about uh, uh, putting your message out there, uh, about approaching people, uh, about, you know, in say professional confidence? Yeah, okay. So for instance, if I was at a networking event, how confident would I feel walking in and so on? Okay. Um, I have strategies around that. So no, I'm not the life of the party. No, I don't want to be the center of attention. I will look for the person in the room who's standing on their own and go up and talk to them. And the reason being is I'm not very good at the small talk. Like somebody who wants to talk about the weather or the football or that kind of thing is just not too interesting to me. So I'd rather have a sort of a deeper, meaningful conversation. So I guess I look for the people who I think are, are up for that. Yeah. So um, how does that translate? I actually... About that networking, I was speaking to um, a guest just the other week who was saying that she lived in a regional area and one mm. of the benefits she found about showing up on video was that overcame that tyranny of distance, that she mm. could never go to the big city centres and, and be in the mix, that in a sense she uh, shortcutted that and created her own journey there. So, yeah, uh, extra benefit for, for video. So... Mm. That confidence that you've got in the real world, in the non-virtual world, how is, have you found that is translated across onto video or hasn't it? Wow, you asked some tough questions, Julian. Um, <laughs> look, my first video went on YouTube in 2010. And at the time, I went over to London to launch Newcomers Network. And there was another Australian and he held the wobbly iPhone uh, in Leicester Square and filmed me on camera and I'm in the rain and yeah, it was, it was quite an interesting video. And then we did another one in Dublin and I think we took about 10 takes before we had a version that I felt comfortable with. So, so that's kind of where the journey started. And then I started seeing about five years ago, everybody on video all over the social media platforms. And I really felt uncomfortable about it because as a person from Adelaide, a country girl, like Adelaide's just a big country town, and moved to Melbourne, and I felt these people were a bit exhibitionistic because they were on camera every day and some of them were yelling and one woman had this strapless top on. So she had a lot of male followers because whenever she was to camera, it looked like she was sitting there in the nude. So, you know, I saw all these things and I thought this is not how I want to look in the online world. I, I don't want to be coming across yelling. I don't want to be coming across preachy. I don't want to be a sex symbol. Like these were just things that I didn't feel comfortable with. But what I realised is that not everybody relates to words. I mean, I've written and published five books. I plan to do at least 10. Um, most of my content has been written up until now, but I decided to try short form content towards the end of last year. And now I'm already up to uh, nearly 200 YouTube subscribers. One of my videos has gone, uh, got over 10,000 views, um, a short form video. And these are numbers that I was never able to achieve with words. So I've started to see it. And so what I do now is 
I film on Zoom my phone so that it's in um, portrait mode and I mash up that video in Canva and then I share that same video on YouTube Shorts because it's under 60 seconds, Instagram Reels and TikTok. And I use the one piece of video content. It goes three times. I also add it to my website and it's generating traffic and it's, it's helping get the message out there. And as it turns out, according to the Google Analytics, it's a lot of young males in India who are reading my content. Uh, so that's been really interesting. Talking about a long way away, that's, that's definitely... Well, isn't that funny? Isn't that a funny journey from you sitting and watching videos of, of uh, you know, women not wearing much uh, that, you've, that you've turned into, my, you know, uh, the icon for young males in, in a different country? <laughs> What a, what a, I've never thought of it that way, Julian. What an unintended, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let, no, let's let's just go go back to that. To you looking on video uh, and saying, "I don't want to portray myself as how I see these people on video portraying themselves." How much Correct. of that was you taking, internalizing? Uh, you know. Uh, uh, an old mind, and when I say old, not an old, but 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 mm. an old-fashioned mindset. And when I say old-fashioned, old I'm talking about just five years ago. I mean, you know, yes. everything, technology is such a short lifespan now. So there's a problem, I think, is that so many people look online and they go, I want to be like that person. And they come to this realisation when they get online and start doing it is that, in fact, you don't have to be like anyone else. You no. just have to be yourself. And if you just be yourself, it actually works really well. And the, the upside to that means you don't have to put any work in. You don't have to change who you are. So did you find mm. any of that? Well, no, because if I think back to your question about am I analytical or creative, I'm much more analytical. And I'm not the earliest of earliest adopters. I'm sort of on that second tranche where things are sort of tried and tested and battle proven and then I'll go in. But that said, in October 2021, I started running free monthly webinars and they go for about an hour and I put a lot of work into it. It's about 10 hours work to run this every month. But that is highly scripted and it delivers a message in a way I feel comfortable with. So when I first started recording them, my face wasn't on the video recording. It was just the slides and me talking. Whereas now I've progressed to being the slides and my face on the video recording. And now I've progressed to the third stage, which is, you know, starting to put content out. Well, the, the short form on the, the mobile device content, which is still screen sharing at the moment. But my next step will be live to camera on short form content. And that is, yeah, it's close. I'm not quite there yet. So for someone like me, I like to follow a process. I like to build up in stages and I don't beat myself up for my mistakes, but I do need to feel confident enough to be able to do the next step, not not the, the hundredth step, but the next step. So I, I tend to move up in, in stages. Right. So you... Um... So with that that analytical mindset, sorry, I was just looking at uh, mm. uh, trying to find the comments uh, here. <laughs> My page has disappeared. I'll get I'll get oh. back to that in a moment. Sure. Uh, uh, so, what stopped you? Okay, when when you look at your first videos, 
uh, that mm. you made and you look at your videos now, do you see mm. much of a difference between the two? Absolutely. And the point about being more natural is definitely there. And also, I don't have this high-pitched voice, you know, up here. I'm, I'm much more sort of down and in my normal talking voice, which I'm very grateful for. So that's happened. And the other really interesting thing that happened is because I get a lot of media coverage in the Daily Mail newspaper, which is online as well, I got picked up by Channel 9. And so I've now appeared on live television five times. So the first time was from Williamstown, you know, direct to camera. All I can hear is something in my ear and I'm just looking at a black box. And then the next four times I went into Channel 9 in Melbourne and had my hair and makeup done for the first time since I was 20 when I got married. And, um, and what an experience that was. And every time I would go into the toss box, which is this tiny little room that you go into so that your footage can be beamed back to Sydney. That's why they call they toss to Melbourne, toss to other. I know you know that, but you know, I'm sure lots of your people wouldn't know what a toss box is. Sounds rather crude, really. Um, so it, the, the, the first three times in the toss box, I would come out of there feeling like a deer in headlights because I would know what the questions were. I would try and rehearse the answers, but I'm not good at remembering lines. But the final time, the most recent, the fifth time on camera for Channel 9, I was actually in the room. And it was this really interesting experience. And I was conscious for the whole thing. And I was able to adjust when, you know, the new slide came up before the question had been answered. And I was much more able to just be present. And I think that's what a little bit of practice and a little bit of um, just giving it a go. It, it so takes you to that new level. That ties in well. I've just remembered what I was trying to remember before that went out mm. of my, my head. Um, is that So that experience in the TV uh, setup, I want you to uh, unpack that a little bit more about, mm. uh, about did they ask you or tell you what they wanted to say in that very, very tight frame uh, that they have, the window, compared to the conversation we had maybe 20 minutes ago, five minutes before mm. we came on live, uh, mm. and you were saying that this was a live unscripted uh, and that being more the analytical mindset, maybe where that, you know, locus of control, mm. just unpack yeah. that a little. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm talking to a psychoanalyst here now. <laughs> um, okay, so... What happens is when you are contacted by a television program for a segment on a program like the Today Show, there is a topic they want to discuss. And so as a person who knows my topic quite well, I will liaise with the producer and make some comments about what I think is worth talking about in relation to this topic. So as if we talk about that first one on quiet quitting, it was about, well, you know, the article was in the Daily Mail. We'd already talked about it there. We've only got two to three minutes to talk about it on camera. So what are we going to focus on? So I generally know possibly what the questions are, but I've still got to come up with the answers. And it's all live. So if I make a mistake, there's no do-over, there's no let's go back and ask that question again because you're only going to be on air for two to three minutes. So what I try and do as the the episodes have gone on is I've tried to provide more facts in my answers because the feedback that I've got from people who've watched the videos 
is that Sue, you pack in a lot of information in that time frame, and that's really fantastic. Now, the fact that Channel 9 have got me back for a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth suggests that they like what I'm delivering. But what's been really interesting is when I first went online, they sent me a copy of the video, which I popped on my YouTube channel. I asked for it, by the way. And, and then the second one, the same. Now, I think it was the third and the fourth they put on their website, but the fifth one, they actually put the recording on their YouTube channel. So that was super exciting. So, so that uh, last segment has now had about 1,700 views on the Today Show YouTube channel, plus it's on the Channel 9 website. So yes, and plus the fact, obviously, I've shared it through my social media and I've added the link on my website under my list of video presentations. So what I try and do with all of the content that I produce is have a record of it on my website as well as share it through my socials. So everything gets a much longer life than just a video. Right, so then that's how the TV um, uh, process went. What about mm. this? So how does that then fit with what we're doing now, which mm. is you don't know what is what is coming up? Um, okay, let, well, let me rephrase it. Confidence, yeah. Confidence, let, I'd say. Let, let me rephrase the question. What were hmm. you worried about before this interview right now? Oh, to be honest, I wasn't worried, Julian, because I know you have so much experience. I just thought, oh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, look, my motto is friendly and professional. So for a lot of the time, that's the way I want to present. So I guess if there was a kernel of anxiety in relation to this interview, I thought, oh, my goodness, I wonder if I'm going to go down the personal path on this interview which would then be about me instead of about the information I share. And yes, that would be perhaps a little bit more challenging, but you know, I knew I would be in safe hands. So I thought, why not? How do you think vulnerability works on video in the modern age for a professional person? Look, I think it depends on the type of vulnerability you have. There have been some people who've put out some inappropriate videos and LinkedIn is the platform that I'm on most of the time. So that's where I've seen it. There was one guy who was crying on camera because he had to sack people and it was just horrid. It was just so inappropriate that I found it, you know, awful. Uh, another story I heard, somebody put a video on LinkedIn as well of she broke up with her boyfriend and she drunk all weekend and, and that was on LinkedIn. And I thought, this is a professional platform. This is completely inappropriate. So in terms of vulnerability, I think the word, the words I would prefer would be honesty and authenticity rather than vulnerability. So vulnerability to me suggests um, that you're, you're almost at that point of not being in control, but also uh, being emotional. And, and I, I guess I'm not at that point where I, I want to impart knowledge more than I want it to be about how Sue feels on, on any particular day. 
Yeah. yeah, okay, so that's a different view of vulnerability uh, than mm. I have. I mean, my view of vulnerability is just a willingness to say that I struggle too. And if people, right. you know, like, and if, uh, because we all know that we do, you know, we all, we mm. all play this game, don't we? We all mm. put on mm. our suits and our coats and we all walk around playing the game, but we all know that we struggle with certain things. We all can't be geniuses in every part of, of our life, but there's just this culture that we live in that says we're not allowed to say that. I mean, I found that being vulnerable and say that, you know, like, yeah, I do some things well, but some things, you know, I don't do well, well at all. Uh, that is great because, you know, on video, building KLT, know, like and trust is so important, you know, and it's and it's a yeah. long game and, vul and vulnerability, I think, plays um, a very big, big part in that. Yeah. Look, I think in my training, one of the things that most people relate to is story. And so that's definitely something. So perhaps for me, it's about including more of my own story, which I've tended to be reluctant to do. So so maybe, yeah, there is room for improvement there. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, you, uh, and your process that you use, so you just use a smartphone, you just use simple available uh, technology and apps. Uh, have you had any pushback because people have said, oh, this is not the quality that I expect? No, never. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, people just get hung up on the quality so much. Uh, you know, this is, you know, and we, and we were talking about this earlier as well. We, um, you swapped, you had a laptop uh, that had a better camera, but it had a bit of an issue. So we swapped back to your, your desktop. Uh, I don't think, you know, and um, mine's, you know, I've been working on this for a while. This is an iterative process. But when mm. I started, I can show you my first videos, even though I was professional, <laughs> they, were, oh, yes. they weren't great at all. So this mm. is an iterative process. But there's nobody listening to, to this today or watching this who's going to go, you know what, um, you know, gosh, it's just, I was... Uh, I really like what Sue said, and it, it was it almost resonated with me. But if that picture quality was just that little bit better, boy, she would have made a big impact on me. And no one's going to say that, um, but we get hung up on it so much. We do definitely. I, one thing I will say I have focused on is you know how many people have got one of these little blue yeti things. Mine's fallen on the ground, so it's got a nice dent on it, but. Um, uh, yes, look, I do try and make sure that the sound quality is as good as possible. I think that really counts for a lot. And I've only just recently upgraded my computer. It's a brand new screen with a webcam on it. And to be to say I'm disappointed in the quality of this webcam is an understatement. So uh, as you talk about being an iterative process, I'm doing my research now to find out what sort of camera I would like. I don't mind about the wrinkles. I'm proud of the fact I'm 57. That's not the issue, but I would like to make all of my content as accessible as possible. So anything that improves that accessibility, I'm all for. Yeah, well, I can I I I can tell you that with lighting, that that mm. that lighting would give you equal improvement in your video than changing okay. your, your webcam at the moment. Ooh, so just okay. just so you know, you're looking at me on an iPhone seven. So that's seven year old iPhone technology, mm. and you know, and people go, oh, I couldn't use an old iPhone. No, yeah. Lighting um, will make up for a lot of the deficiencies. And the reason I like using seven-year-old iPhone 7s so I can go online and buy one 
for about $150. They're just yes. yeah, you know, brilliant for that. And I can keep replacing it. And speaking about replacing it, I've actually, my iPhone 7s, you know, like um, I keep these switched on 365 yes. days a year. And what happens is it destroys your batteries. The batteries in them, when it destroys the batteries, it, it releases gas. So they're in this enclosed case. So it expands like a balloon. And my phone, like literally there is a gap about that big, and I'm not exaggerating, nice. of the screen that is, it's bent up like that now. So, and it still wow. works, it works brilliantly. So any, anyway, you know, uh, you know, oh, want to get off the tech, I want to go back to the TV, was that yes. when you went in there that you gave them the information, you talked about talking points, this is what well, we agreed on the information. So it wasn't just I gave it to them. You know, there was a couple of backwards and forwards on a couple. So of you things, agreed yes. on the information, but hmm. you have then you have worked on your information to bring Correct. it down into talking points to Correct. be able to have a pithy statement, uh, maybe uh, a, a little uh, metaphor or an anecdote that goes with Correct. that that, you know, immediately a research or data point that goes with, with that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I just that process of taking your huge body of knowledge and breaking it down into these points which are digestible because that's the whole thing about being online is that, mm. yes, long-form content works like we're doing long-form content now, but you need to balance that with a whole diet of short form content as well. So how much effort do you put in into your message? <laughs> a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, and I try and think of the audience who'd be watching the Today Show. I always think about the language that I'm using to make sure it's inclusive and respectful and that the data that I'm quoting is reliable. It's not just yeah, Mary said interviewed 20 people, <laughs> you know, like, no, it's, um, yeah. I try, try and make it as accurate as possible so that it's it's not about me. It's, it's about just sharing the information that would be useful to the, to the viewer. Hmm. Terrific. Is there anything that you um, want to talk about that I haven't spoken about? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, well, have a think about that. Yes. Yeah. And what, and, and, but... but if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Uh, on LinkedIn is the number one spot. And my website, Sue Elson, S-U-E-E-L-L-S-O-N.com. Um, I'm all over Google and I now I'm learning about Bing. So I don't know, uh, because I upgraded my Microsoft computer to Windows 11, it automatically shoveled me in the barrel of, of using um, their version of the internet and Bing as the search engine. And I've discovered a few scary things, Julian. So if I can just share a couple of quick tips with people. Yeah. The scary thing is if you integrate your Bing profile with your Google profile, it allows Bing to delete your Google profile, which is absolutely frightening to me because it has taken me years to get 129 Google reviews. So whatever you do, do not connect Bing with your Google account. It's dangerous. Secondly, if you somebody does a search for you on Bing, it won't bring up your Google reviews. It brings up your Facebook reviews. Now, I've long since given up on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, I've still got a profile there, but I haven't pushed for Facebook reviews. 
But if I want to have reviews appearing on my Bing search results, I've got to get Facebook reviews. So that's just a couple of quick tips uh, that I can share. But look, Gillian, I have loved all of the training of yours that I've attended, and I've attended several of Julian's workshops that have been kindly supported by the City of Berendara, which is the council area where I work and live. And I'm really grateful for the amazing value you provide in all of your social media posts and in all of your video content. And I really, every time I see something, what I love about your approach is you try something new or you bring in better image or you do something else. You know, there's always an upgrade happening and that's really inspiring. So if you too like Julian's content, make sure you click the notification bell so that it comes through um, in your feed, whichever your preferred social media platform is, because I can assure you he adds lots of value. And what I also like is it's quite often funny and it's, it's unique. And he doesn't say the same thing over and over again. Not here's a plug for my video course. There's, you know, there's, there's always something and podcasts and interviews and just data points. Yeah, a whole bunch of variety. So I, I love Julian's content and, and so, uh, so lots of people I know rave about you. Well, thank you so much. That's, uh, there you go. You've made my day. What a way, what a oh, way well to kick off my day. <laughs> but, 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 but the philosophy behind that is fail quickly, fail quietly. Is it, you know, we don't try things because we all get hung up. Oh, you know, they're all going to talk about me and it's, um, you know, they're going to laugh at me. The fact is nobody cares. I mean, just nobody cares. So put something up and if it doesn't work, just stop putting it up and don't say anything about it. And I guarantee you the sun will come up in the east in the morning and go down in the west and it repeats itself. Uh, you know, we're not as important as, as we think. So fail quickly, fail quietly. So there you go. Now yes. that and then that ties into message points that we were talking about before. You know, if you if that's a talking point, um, you know, put it into a pithy little statement uh, because um, you know media, like you know, you've been doing on TV, loves that sort of stuff as well. Yes. Well, the the point I would like to remind people of is how many of us don't go swimming because we're worried about what we look like in our bathers, and yet as we go to the pool or the beach or whatever. Nobody's looking at you. They're worried about what they look like in their bathers. So, you know, we all missed out on going for a swim because we were worried. And some years ago, I got a gift voucher for Christmas and I decided to go to the Japanese bathhouse and they separated into men and women at the Japanese bathhouse. And, of course, I had to strip off and I was so worried about being naked in public, uh, which is, I'm sure, how a lot of people feel like when they go on camera. And then when you look around, you actually realise, well, I'm just as lumpy and bumpy as every other body in this Japanese bathhouse. Oh, well, who cares? And so, yeah, that was a, a great reminder that, yes, most people are worried about themselves, not about others. And also, as a result of being on the Daily Mail website, there's a lot of trolls on that website. So they say horrible things. Oh, I think she looks like Matt Lucas. And is that photo pre or post lobotomy? And if I look like Sue Elson, can I get a job too? So even if we do suffer from these trolls, I argue back, but they're not in the paper, are they? They're not getting the coverage. Their story is not being heard. They're just trashing you in the comments. So don't let that stop you either. And some of the content 
of those comments has actually been really good feedback. And so I really appreciated them saying those things because it's upped my performance. So yeah, instead of seeing those criticisms as a negative, first of all, you can laugh because you know sometimes they're quite funny. Uh, sometimes you can cry because oh, it wounds the ego a little, but you know, a lot of the time it can be really helpful and, and just keep going. Yeah, because yeah, you definitely who, will improve. And who are we to think that we are above reproach? Or mm. criticism. I mean, you know, like this sort of like, well, I'm not going to put anything out in case someone criticizes me. What? Well, why are you so special? I mean, you know, like, it's, it, and I and I always think of it this way. So when I I, I had, um, you know, ten years ago, I had a successful YouTube channel, and I used to get five percent uh, of of haters, and I always used to come mm. on right at the start when I so they're like waiting for you to post, and I come ah okay. And it used to really upset me. I used to, you know, internalize all of these things. Why do they think this about me? Until somebody said to me, wake up to yourself. If you took this out into the real world and you walked into a room of 20 people and 19 people thought you were okay and one people, one person didn't, man, what, like, what, what else do you want out of life? And yet, That's you know, right. it's exactly the same. That 5% is exactly the same one out of 20 it as it was yes. um, on, online, but we get so upset when it's online. And, and the latest uh, Australian of the Year is talking about body shaming. And I was in the makeup chair and the person at Channel 9 said that um, there was an, I won't mention the person's name, had been fat shamed publicly uh, in their role. And I said, look, I'm really sorry that that has happened to that person. However, every female politician has trolls going through their social media criticising them. And female politicians suffer probably worse than, you know, the majority of the population, and yet they're still politicians. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of people who face a lot of criticism in life, and yet they still manage to get up and, you know, like the sun does in the morning <laughs> and take it all on for another day. So anybody who can cope with that, I really admire. And yeah, but at, at the same time, Julian, for me, it's still got to be within the range that I feel comfortable with. And the way I've got better is just by increasing in increments. That That's sort of been my strategy overall. Mm. Yeah, makes sense too. All right, let's thank you so much, Sue. Sue, I'm going to ask you to sit there quietly for 30 seconds while I take us out. You just think of what a wonderful day it's going to be and uh, we'll you, chat in a little bit. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. All right, so if you've got something to say but you're struggling to show up on video and say it, if you want to better communicate your business, your vision, your mission, then I invite you to watch my on-demand free video masterclass in it, I show you exactly how I use video to win trust, authority, and clients, and how it has become wonderfully easy for you to do it too. And you're going to find that at www.confidentvideopresenter.com. Have a lovely day. Hooroo!